Welcome back to Emi in St. Louis, the podcast that reviews new restaurants in and around St. Louis. Today we're going to be talking about Salve Asteria, a newish restaurant from the namesake of Cafe Natasha. But before we do that, let me introduce to my right the brains of our operation. Francie. He must be talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> we both look at each other in surprise. Hi, Francie. Hello, Nick. And to my left, the kidney. <laughs> Travis. I'm the person in this group that makes it a group. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk. We've all just come back from vacations separately. We don't do everything together. No, not since the incident. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about that, Travis. Uh, but how was your vacation? Uh, it was good. I went to an all-inclusive resort, so I, you know, laid on a beach and drank pina coladas, and it was great. Where'd you go? Oh, man. Cancun-ish? Cancun-ish. Okay. Yeah. Do you not want to say that? No. Uh, Hannah plans all our vacations, and I just kind of You don't of even know where up. you went. I don't. <laughs> Francie, where did you go? I lived my dream of getting out of St. Louis in February for a week to Florida to visit my dear friends Art and Kathy, who have a winter place in Fort Myers. But I was able to add on an additional week and go to the beach with our friend Barb. And uh, we stayed at a sweet little rental, actually a half a block from the beach access. It was really, really nice to be away. And, um, you know, it would have been nicer, I guess, if the weather in St. Louis had been worse while I was gone. So I could indulge in a little schadenfreude. Yeah, it's always nice to know that your friends are (laughs) suffering back home. (laughs) Where did you go? I also went to Florida. We went to Miami. We were right on the beach. And I have to say... I am never going to complain about restaurants being expensive ever again on this podcast. (laughs) I felt like I was just hemorrhaging money. At one point, I paid $12 for a water. This water right here. Wow. You kept it. It's a souvenir now. Yeah. I'm not even refilling it. I'm savoring it because it's (laughs) $12 for that. Do you do like mostly nightclubs? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Ah, Yeah. We would wake up at 9 p.m. and get dressed and party all night. And sometimes I just keep rolling into the next day. How did you even know you were on vacation? (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about the restaurant. Francie, this was your pick. Yes, it was. Regular listeners to this podcast may have heard me mention Cafe Natasha two, three, ten times. Even irregular listeners, I think, (laughs) have heard you. (laughs) Over the course. People come up to you on the street like, are you the Cafe Natasha lady? (laughs) That's about all the time. Well, after 39 years, more than 20 of them in the location at the corner of South Grand in Wyoming, my beloved Natasha decided to close the restaurant last April. And uh, Natasha Barami, who is the namesake, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, she'd been running the restaurant while her amazing mother, Hamish, was still the, the owner and the head chef. And they were preparing that scrumptious Persian fare that I loved, that Hamish and her late husband, Vashid, had perfected, and that had so many followers. But it was time for Hamish to, to get out of the kitchen and enjoy her well-earned retirement. So Natasha was already running the gin room adjacent right. to the restaurant, which is a lovely cocktail lounge. And she herself is a gin expert, a renowned international expert, and a member of the Gin Hall of Fame. And she and her husband, what? Michael Fricker. Yeah, Wait, are we going to gloss over the Gin <laughs> Hall of Fame? Well, I, 
I'm not really a gin drinker myself, so I don't know a whole lot about that. But she has earned a designation. It's sort of like being a sommelier. Okay. Um, So she and her husband, Michael Fricker, and their partner, Chef Matt Wynn, developed a new concept for the space. And their inspiration is mostly Italian, Mediterranean, a little Spanish, that neck of the woods, so no longer the Middle Eastern fair that we all knew and loved. But you will still see the lovely and gracious Natasha when you come to the restaurant. She greets you and makes sure that uh, you're having a good experience, and sometimes even Hamish is there to greet the guests. So you mentioned the gin room. It was nominated for a James Beard Award this year for their bar program. Wow. Yeah. That is impressive. The gin room being nominated for a James Beard Award, I was like, what does that look like? What does a Mm. bar program nominated for a James Beard Award look like? So I was super excited that you picked this place. Cool. Well, I hope one of you, too, took a picture of that side for our Insta because I actually forgot to do that. Oh, good. Well done. That's why we keep him around. (laughs) Now, is this your first time going there? Yeah, they opened last fall. Yeah, so Natasha is closed in April, and then I think late fall, they got Salve Osteria. And by the way, I want to compliment you on pronouncing it correctly at the top of the podcast, because I had to verify how to say it. I have been all over the place with Osteria, just a lot of different ways. Um, And I will say this, according to an article I found online, the name Salve Osteria Uh, comes from an Italian phrase that's used as a greeting. It's respectful but friendly, and it means to be well or hello and relates to conviviality. Well, I'm glad you guys figured out how to say it because I ask our waitress, is it pronounced salve austeria or salve osteria? And she goes, (laughs) however you want to say it. And I was like, that's That's not helpful. (laughs) I think people pronounce it a lot of different ways, and they hear it a lot of different ways. So, yes, we will provide the correct pronunciation, salve osteria. So, anyway, you asked me if I had been more than once, and I went in the fall, and uh, that we were all excited to go because we'd been fans of um, Cafe Natasha. What I had last time was no longer on the menu because they do change seasonally. Um, But that was the first time, it was a chicken dish, and that was the first time I'd had uh, anything cooked sous vide. Mm. And now I understand what all the fuss is about because it was just incredibly tender and juicy and flavorful. So I don't know who else is cooking sous vide, but I want to go try some more dishes like that. I have a sous vide machine. I'll be over for dinner one night this week. What's convenient? That'll be the third time I've used it. So, (laughs) All right, let's listen to some Yelp reviews. Yelp. So Salve Asteria has four and a half out of five stars with 28 reviews, mostly five-star reviews. So Whitney S. of St. Louis gave it five stars and said, Salve is my favorite restaurant in STL. Perfect spot for literally any occasion. Date night, girls night, family in town, solo dinner. The drink menu is crafted by Natasha's Gin Room and will make you a gin lover. The service is on top of their game with great recommendations. Order everything to share. My favorites are the meatballs, bacon fat carrots, and the pop, pop, deli. I got there. Uh, <laughs> go ASAP. Vika C. of Richmond Heights also gave it five stars and said, If I have to finish this review in three words and few stars, then it will be the heritage slash legend continues and give five stars and finish it. However, this restaurant deserves much more. Another exhilarating experience from Natasha and her chef colleagues. 
The theme is social dining and farm-to-table, and it very well reflects in the menu. Service is fast, personalized, and to the point. Overall, a great experience, and this place easily tops it as one of the top few restaurants in STL. Way to go, Natasha and team. So I had to look to find anything close to a negative review. The lowest stars that anyone gave was three. And uh, this one was from Alexis M. in University City. She says, It pains me to leave such a low review for them, but alas, the food was incredibly mediocre. In a city that has excellent pasta, the pasta was just okay, and the olive oil cake, of which I'm generally a huge fan, was dense and flavorless. The drinks were excellent as always, and we enjoyed the arancini and the delightful sauces paired with it. I will be back in the hopes that we just caught them on a bad night, but in general, we were a little disappointed. Overall, singing praises, like you said, Lots of five-star reviews. Let's talk about our experience. Experience. First of all, Francie, what do you want to bet that Travis got the arancini? Um, I'd say that's a pretty safe bet. You're both wrong. Oh. <laughs> <what>? <laughs> Damn it. How much do we owe you? <laughs> you owe me arancini. All right. So on this second visit, went on a Thursday night, and while we were enjoying our dinner, couple of our mutual friends came in. So I'm going to give a shout out to Carolyn and Mindy, who happen to live in the neighborhood. And um, they told me they're on their way to becoming regulars there. Oh, yeah. Um, We need to have a little ding every time Francie gives a shout out to somebody that she does. I feel like we're up to my name dropper. It's like name dropping, but not like famous people. (laughs) (laughs) So my first experience with Natasha and her empire she's building on South Grand was actually not Cafe Natasha. It was not the gin room. It was not Salve Osteria. It was the bottle shop, right? It was Grand Spirits, which is the bottle shop that they own right across the street from the gin room. They focus on natural wines. I'm not sure if it's all natural wines or that's just like their primary focus but they have like a little room where you can get wine by the glass but you can also like shop for bottles as i said at the top of the episode i'd heard the gen room was nominated for a james beard award i was so curious as to what that would look like so when you walk in you are in the gen room and i want to emphasize that it is very different (laughs) from the gen room side to the salve austeria side Uh, At least it was on a Friday night because the gin room was loud and lively. Um, It was people there having drinks. They might have been there since after work, but uh, it was groups having fun. And when I walked in, I was a little taken aback. I was like, I thought this was like a nice sit down restaurant. And I've just walked into like a really lively cocktail bar. You walk to the other side and it's immediately like quiet. And cozy, and it, it's amazing that they're doing those two experiences like literally right next to each other with a half a wall in between. So I went, uh, I like the clientele was a little shady. Uh, like there was uh, definitely a couple there that I, you know, was wary of. Uh, Nick and Angie were there oh, at the same time, yes. which we try not to do. But um, we we were seated at a little table. There are limited tables at Salve Osteria. Like there it is a small space, it is a smaller dining room. So I know that one of the reviews that we read recommended reservations. Can't stress that enough. Uh especially if you're gonna go on a weekend. Well, um, especially since they're only serving dinner three nights a week or four nights a week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have I think we got reservations like two weeks earlier and it wasn't like hard to get. So w- when we went 
we had a lot going on. We'd just come back from our vacation and we'd done some work travel and we get ready to leave. And on the front porch, I'm like, oh no, I don't have my keys. And Angie's like, I forgot my purse. We never have ever done this both at the same time. Usually it's just me. So thankfully one of our neighbors has a key. We got back into the house and we're running a little bit late, like five minutes. So I dropped her off at the door and went and found parking. And when I came back, Angie told me that they said that they had a table that they were going to give us, but that table was like a little cramped. And so they were going to move us to a different table. And that was before she saw me, thankfully. And it wasn't a judgment <laughs> on my size. But um, they let us into the dining room and sat us at like a four top and pointed that this other table was a two top that was it's in another restaurant. It would have been fine, but it was a little bit closer to uh, another larger table than the other tables. You're talking about where we sat. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so throughout our meal, we sit there and we watch another couple get shown this table and turn it down and walk <laughs> over and get a better table. And it's empty the entire time. And then an hour later, Travis and Hannah walk in and sit down there and I am glowing. And I say to Angie, I'm like, I am so happy right now. <laughs> this is the best thing that has ever happened. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because that will come back later in the episode. Oh, good. Uh, but yeah, it, like just right off the bat, it feels like a good you know, date spot and nice, cozy atmosphere. So, okay, I had this internal struggle before we went. What would you recommend wearing to Salve Asteria? I think you could get away with pretty casual. I wouldn't go in there with sweatpants on or anything like that, yeah. but it might depend on the night, too. I just saw a full range from jeans and a nice t-shirt all the way to suit jacket and, yeah. like, dress pants. So, And I think all of that is acceptable. I mm-hmm. mean, unless some place is really, you know, a super fancy place, in St. Louis, mostly, you can wear that wide range of attire and not feel out of place. That is, it is fascinating you phrased it that way because Hannah said the exact same thing. She was like, we're in St. Louis. (laughs) Uh, You can wear jeans to this restaurant. I like that about St. Louis where even our like more upscale places just still have that like casual plus feel to them. I just wanted to discuss that for our listeners because typically I go on Yelp or Instagram and look through the photos to try to see what people are wearing mm. to plan what oh, yeah. to wear. Well, if I were going to Powell Hall after dinner or something, then I would probably be more dressed up, you know? So, I mean, I think people come in, in a wide range of attire, but yeah, sweatpants would probably feel a little conspicuous there. One of my best friends has no sense of self in like a good and terrible way. And one time he invited us to a French restaurant that was fancy and I get there and he's wearing like black leggings with sports shorts over them and like a camouflage jacket with a wrestling t-shirt under it and i'm just like of course of course that's what he's wearing Um, (laughs) so there's something to be said for just like being yourself i kind of appreciate that in him i myself i wouldn't do that uh food yeah the food so there were three of us and so we shared a roasted beet salad which was beautifully presented. There will be a photo of it on our Insta. You know, assortment of beets, plus pickled orange, mustard, dill, almond crema, and pistachios. It's a cold salad, but it was a perfect amount for three people. I got that too. I looked over the menu before, and I had two things that I was like set on, and that was one of them. I really wanted to try the bacon fat carrots. That was the other thing. People have raved about those, but one member of our party is not a blue cheese Mm. person. And so that 
you know, ruled that dish out. One member of my party is not a blue cheese person, and it's my wife, but I got it anyway. <laughs> One member of my party is not a bacon person, so oh, that ruled ah. that out. So on my previous visit, we did have the meatballs, which were really, really good. And I'm pretty sure we had the white bean dip, too, which is kind of served like a, a pita dip. It has tahini in it. So that was our bit to nibble. But there is a section on the menu called nibbles, which we were having a debate about what differentiates something from being a nibble yeah. <laughs> to being a it's, for the table. I, it's mostly like cheese board kind of stuff on the nibbles. So I, I think those are like not really cooked things, but they're just mm. plates that they can bring out with either cheese, meat, or olives. So the olives are like $8. We already had like four or five different things. And Angie was like... I kind of want the olives, and I was like, <laughs> "We just got back from Miami. Know, we can't afford that." We got the olives. If Did you, you want it, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. So we all went with pasta, since that is a specialty, and the chef apparently that is his great love is making these um, unusual pastas, and they are unusual. They are not just your customary combinations. I had the uh, I'm going to pronounce it the way the waitress pronounced it: the agnolati. We looked this up beforehand, and it's like the G in lasagna where it's like, I, yeah. That's what yeah. I said yeah. when but, I ordered it. Yeah. And then when she repeated it back to me, she said agnolati. So yeah. I thought I had mispronounced it. The first pronunciation I looked up was like agnolati. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, You're not Chef Boyardee. <laughs> It's to me. I like that your go-to Italian <laughs> reference is like, oh, well, Chef Boyardee. That's where that here. stereotype pronunciation <laughs> came from, though. So I had that, and that was, I don't even know how to describe the shape. Look for the picture. Uh, I, I can. I got that, too. It's basically ravioli. I looked up how other But it's not square. It, but it's not square. Well, online they had them that they were square, but this one is a little bit rectangular. But... The main difference is that it's one piece of pasta that's folded over and pressed rather than two pieces being pressed on all sides. And you can really taste the single pieceness of it. No, I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what that does to it in principle, but that's the differentiator there. Well, thank you for that explanation. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. And each individual one was large and there were a lot of them in the dish and it was filled with a butternut squash ricotta puree and uh, had a brown butter mustard sauce with pistachios and that was really good. Very kind of like earthy flavors. Mm-hmm. And it's but on the sweet side too because yeah, the well, butternut squash was sweet. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like that's the seasonality because I feel like oh, they definitely. had a lot of like butternut squash, mushroom, mustard. a lot of those earthy like yeah. yeah, I expect that will be changing up in, a, in, a, in the next month or so is, you know, it's spring. We've made it through the bleak midwinter and menus everywhere will start to reflect that. Especially by the time Nick puts it out. I was out, just about to say, mid-summer. it could be winter. <laughs> <laughs> like, Francie, don't date this. Yeah. Don't. Dear, dear listeners. I'm just going to wait till it's next spring just <laughs> to make sure. You may not be able to order Our some of these items. Our annual episode of Beat Me and Save <laughs> So Chris got the ravioli, which had a ricotta filling and had braised chicken, black kale, saffron broth, and orange gremolata. And he said he liked everything that was around it in the dish, but he wasn't really crazy about the ravioli. He felt like it was a little too sweet, That, however the ricotta was seasoned. Wade got the pepperdell, and uh, that... (laughs) <laughs> had a mushroom ragu and seasoned mascarpone and herbs and we all tasted each other's and they were all beautiful and I thought they all tasted really good and that um, pepper dell was really like a hearty filling dish. Mm. I really thought about getting the lasagna which is listed under their mains because it's got a lot of meat too. in yeah. it. You know we're like okay lasagna is not listed with the pasta 
But it's a $25 lasagna, and it's like, that's got to be like a major, giant, hearty lasagna. Well, that's the reason I couldn't afford the olives, because that's what I got. (laughs) Okay, good. I can't wait to hear about that. But yeah, we all enjoyed our dishes, and they were very generous with the portions. I still actually Mm -hmm. have some of mine in the refrigerator. So yeah, we got the annulati also. Angie actually got that herself. And then I got the lasagna, which I almost didn't order anything, because we were considering getting three starters and just sharing a meal. But then at the last minute, I was like, no, I'm going to get the lasagna. It's a jump from nothing to the lasagna. Well, we we dropped. We were going to get the the white bean dip, and Mm. so we dropped that and went for the full thing. You know, if you look at the menu, it's pretty simple. It's pork and beef, bolognese, bechamel, mozzarella, and ricotta that has. But it was very good, very complex. It was everything that we had. But uh, the pasta sauce was very fresh tasting, and it was kind of sweet and spicy, cheesy, meaty, like hitting everywhere. Angie said it tastes like her grandma's lasagna, which, of course, is one of the highest compliments you could give. She noted it had mace in it. As she's eating, she keeps trying it again. She's like, I think I need to bring my dad here. And then the last thing she said was, um, I'm getting a little bit misty. And I was like, give me that. That's my lasagna. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. My mom's lasagna is like Stouffer's, so it's not like nostalgic at all. Uh, You should get her some Chef Boyardee, man. That's the good stuff. (laughs) The pinnacle of Italian. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I got to go back because like when I sat down... I had the two starters in mind, and the one that I was really excited about was the carrots. And I have to tell you, I'm not a carrots fan, just period. Like, I'll eat raw carrots, but cooked carrots, not a fan of. Something about this one just sounded like, okay, it's got blue cheese, shallots, mustard. It's like, it's got something to offend everybody, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I was excited to see what this flavor combination was. It's like the opposite of how anyone else would describe a meal. Not it has something to please everybody. It has something to offend but everybody. I say that because I think it's funny, obviously, but everybody in the Yelp reviews was talking how great it was. And mm-hmm. it really was. I mean, just the idea of, you know, I'm not a huge cook carrot fan either, but uh, if you're going to cook them in bacon fat, you're yeah. already giving them a leg up right yeah. there. Well, especially leading with that. You know, it wasn't like roasted carrots and then you read the description and it's like we cook them in bacon fat. Yeah. It was the blue cheese that really sold. That's my favorite of the stinky ingredients in here. But yeah, the bacon doesn't hurt either. But excellent. I highly recommend that to anybody who's a curious eater. It's not like it's that crazy or anything. It's just good. And then we also got a couple of drinks. You know, In the same vein, I'm not a big gin drinker. I do like a gin and tonic every once in a while. It's a nice summer drink. But I did want to get something there. So I'm like looking over the menu. And I thought about asking our waitress, I don't really like gin. What do you recommend that's got gin? And then I spot a drink that's called Tell Me Again How Much You Like Whiskey which is a gin drink for jerks like me. (laughs) (laughs) So I went with that, and Angie got a summer garden gin and tonic. Oh, I was like a split second away from ordering that. Only had a sip of it, but yeah, it was a fantastic summer drink. I'm going to talk to Angie about that drink. I was was tempted, too, because I'm not a gin drinker. That's probably one of my least favorite of the spirits. And, you know, since they're experts at it, I thought about, but the menu has a long list of drinks with really fun names and it lists all the ingredients and they really sound interesting and so I think I will go back and start with that you know as somebody who's not a gin drinker you know how would you attempt to make me into one well if you like Manhattan's mine was their approximation of that with gin it's got like a rich cranberry cherry kind of flavor to it and it's a little like darker and maybe smokier I'm not an expert on this but then compared to a gin and tonic (laughs) It's not like you are, Travis. (laughs) 
It's just if we had to say every time we're not an expert know, in something. But we do. <laughs> Disclaimers. Uh, I'll save the dessert for later. What did you get, Travis? Uh, so I had to start with a drink. Knowing that the gin room was a James Beard nominated uh, bar program. I was like, I've got to, I've got to try a drink. I'm so excited. Uh, I almost got the Summer Garden G and T. I was, I told Hannah that's what I was going to get, but I am notorious for, I have my mind set on something, and as soon as the waitress asked me what I want, I change my mind and order something else. So I went with the Mad Men Gimlet, which is a Swedish gin and then clarified lime cordial. Our waitress was super helpful with the drink. She really described the differences well, uh, what flavors come out, um, and Hannah ended up getting the Icelandic pear. I cannot go on enough about the drinks we got. They made a believer out of me that if you have a bar staff and a bar program that knows what it's doing, I can walk in and say, give me anything, and I'm going to be happy with what I received because I tried a little bit of the Icelandic pear as well. I could have easily switched Hannah and been just as happy. The drink program was great. We ended up going with the olives uh, mm. to start. I will say the appetizers here are a little spendy. You're talking about, you know, 12 up to $30 for appetizers. So that's what kind of pushed us in the direction of olives because we knew we were going dessert. So it's like, well, if we're going to kind of double down on one thing, let's go with dessert instead of the appetizers. So for the main dish, Hannah got a pappardelle. And Francie, you said someone in your party got the pappardelle. Yes. Did they add a meatball? No. Is that on the menu? No, but our waitress said it was an option. She asked, do you want to add a meatball? And Hannah was like, sure. You what know? if you did that with everything, like the drinks? Um, okay, so I got the orichetti, and I was really hoping they were going to ask if I wanted to add a meatball. <laughs> uh, but apparently, since it comes with lamb sausage in it, you can't add a meatball to a meat pasta dish which I was a little disappointed. But the Pappardelle, Hannah enjoyed it. It was a very earthy flavor. The standout was the meatball. Perfect size. Uh, it's It was cooked through, but not dry. What is the perfect size of a meatball? When you can get it all the way cooked through and hot and not dry out portions of it. So is that a golf ball size meatball? Uh, I would call it Pickle like... Pickleball size meatball? He's holding his hands in the shape. <laughs> like a, a maybe a tennis ball? Tennis ball, okay. That's like a, a tennis ball that's size. A pretty, that's, a, that's a big that's meatball. That's a big meatball. Yeah, yeah, between a tennis and a racquetball. Like right in between. Maybe like a pool ball uh, size meatball. All right, we've got all these here. Let me get them out. <laughs> For science. <laughs> um, but yeah, that meatball was the standout. The, the orichetti, it, it was very fresh, especially for a pasta dish. I feel like pasta a lot of times can get gluey. Also, the flavors can just start basically mellowing out to a point where you get so used to it that by the last like half of your pasta dish you're tired of eating it uh it utilized the broccolini really well and sprinkled mm. that throughout the dish and so it made like bites pop and freshen up so it was an interesting pasta dish that brought some flavors that i wasn't necessarily expecting travis i'm so pleased that you're enthused about broccolini which is basically just baby broccoli <laughs> broccolini this is, is a, my favorite vegetable like yeah it's great one of my friends got me on it for grilling so every time oh yeah it's grill, great on the grill yeah uh, when they used it well to freshen up something like the pasta and the orange was like little pillows of pasta you so, know that that pasta is 
named, doesn't it mean ear? And it was named because it was supposed to be modeled after the ear of Venus or something? I did not know that. Yeah. I might be confusing it with Tortellini, which is the navel of Venus. Uh, okay, I don't see anything about Venus, but you are right. Or ch- How do you say it? I've been saying it Oricetti, and it was another uh, instance where I asked the waitress, is it pronounced Oricetti? And she said, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I always Fantastic. thought it was Oricette, but that's more of a French pronunciation, so I don't really know. The one on Wikipedia says Oric with a hard K and then Chet. It's K-J-E-T-T-E. Hi, Caramba. Yeah, I know. I don't know any better now, but Oricetti... <laughs> <laughs> comes from the auric is ear and the edda meaning small. Mm. I uh, heard Venus had small ears. I don't know for sure. But I was really tempted by both the lasagna <laughs> and the chicken uh, roulade. I almost mm-hmm. went with both of those. And then once again, at the last minute, waitress walks up and I was like, oh, the orchetti. So yeah, that's how I decided. Because that first chicken dish that I had that isn't on the menu now is so good. I was thinking I might get this one, but it, on a cauliflower puree and you know that's one of my least favorite vegetables so. i bet it was good though did you get a dessert uh yes we got the tiramisu okay. uh the tiramisu lacked the coffee flavor that mm. you like expect from a tiramisu mm. um it did have a uh a middle layer to it that uh Hannah and I were going back and forth trying to figure out if the middle layer was like softer, a cocoa element, or if it was like butter, or if it was their shortbread. We couldn't figure it out. We asked the waitress. She was like, I'm happy to go get the pastry chef. And I said, yes. And Hannah was like, you don't have to do that. And I was like, okay. And then our waitress walked away and I was like, Hannah, I kind of want to know something <laughs> like going in to record this. And she's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I just didn't want to bother her for having to go get the pastry show. Yeah. No, I was actually looking forward to talking to him because I, their dessert menu is five desserts. And so I was a little surprised that they had a pastry show. They have a pretty small menu. There's about five on each of them, I think. Um yeah, it's the appetizers that are actually the majority of the menu. And oh, then yeah. you've got four pastas and four mains. So Yeah. We almost never get dessert, but they had this olive oil cake, which I'd never had. I mentioned it in one of the Yelp reviews. She didn't like it. And, you know, I was going exclusively for things that sound <laughs> bad. So I was planning on getting that, but they did not have it on the menu at the time. But we did get a dessert, and we went with a sticky toffee pudding. Oh, that's what we had, too. Oh, man. You know, I just wanted something that sounded British. But it was <laughs> so good. When we ordered it, our waitress immediately goes, that's my favorite thing on the menu, hands down, period. Wow. And what an endorsement. When she served it, she repeated that. It was like, I really want you to know this is my favorite thing on the menu. It's basically um, a little piece of chocolatey cake with toffee sprinkled on top, and then next to it, a little ball of white ice cream. That... Well, so the ice cream's interesting. It's a cream cheese ice cream, and when huh. we tasted it by itself, it was really white. I mean, it was yes. really bright white. I thought it had caramel in it. But nope. No? It was just a cream cheese ice cream. The caramel was the sauce of the that was on top of the whole sticky toffee pudding, I, and it I was rested in it. trying it separately, and it still had that caramel sweetness to it. That, Interesting. So yeah. we found that the ice cream had this tanginess to it, which by itself, I don't know that I would want to eat a dish. Like, I love cream cheese. There's almost nothing that isn't improved by the presence of cream cheese. But for just standalone ice cream, it was a little bit of an odd flavor, but it was a really great complement oh, yeah. to the extreme sweetness of of the sticky toffee pudding. 
And with course, caramel sauce. Oh, it was so good. Well, you're probably wondering why I didn't get the chocolate torte. <laughs> and that's because I got it on my first visit. And I will say that that chocolate torte is a flourless, rich, chocolate, creamy, wonderful wedge of deliciousness. And that came with a vanilla gelato. Really, really great. Yeah, so just to wrap up, I love the place. I left glowing and still talking about the food and the fact that Travis got the bad table. <laughs> I would definitely recommend it again. If I went back, I'd get pretty much everything we ordered with the you know, possible exception. If I had to drop one thing, it would be the beets, which were still great. But carrots were amazing. The lasagna would be hard to not get the next time I go. So we did get to try uh, some of their Malort because we were at the table and Natasha came over and felt bad that we were at the table that really? was kind of shoved in the corner. <laughs> but there was also another large party coming in and she's like, I feel really bad. We can move you to a different table if you want, but we were right in the middle of our meals and so we didn't want to like yeah. stop and move. If they had sat us there, I don't know if I would have ever thought we were at the bad table. It didn't seem like it was that bad. I'm so... We enjoyed it. It was a good meal. Natasha, when she came over, was so nice and really like laid out exactly. Uh, this is Malort. It's made from artichokes, which was like so interesting. Uh, she kind of walked us through like you know the the like history behind it and like uh, talked us through that and said you know if you're going to have a dessert, it will pair really well with the dessert. It was that little touch that I feel like is right there and. What I was kind of missing and what I got from the gin room, which is why I completely understood why they were nominated for a James Beard Award once I, you know, had the experience and tried the drinks, is I would go in there and just say, you can bring me anything off this menu and I'm all for it. They put a lot of thought into their gin menu. You know, they have like a gin room classic section and then they have it broken down to where it's, it's all gin focused, but um, it, it, there are different ways to prepare it. And you can tell that they put meticulous thought into how they lay out that bar menu. And I just don't feel like Salve Asteria is there yet. Um, I, it's a new restaurant six months in. I'm looking for those signature dishes. If the bacon fat carrots are the signature dish that they, you know, you've got to try. If it's the pasta, I'm looking for in a, in a nicer dining experience to have our server really be a guide for us through that meal. And that's where I felt like Natasha could have provided that, but I would have liked to see more from just everybody that was out there. It was a busy night. It was a Friday, but I would have liked a little bit of guidance around like, what do you like? What, what can I help recommend? What can I help point you towards that would make this experience the optimal one it can be? And so I hope that they bring that uh, really refined touch from the gen room into Salve Asteria because I feel like they could really have something great on their hands. They just are just a tick below what I was expecting out of the experience, especially for the prices. And that really kind of held me back from being able to order a lot of different things to just experiment on my own in the menu. Because when you're looking at, you know, 20 to $30 for an entree or a main dish, you don't want to take those chances and be wrong. And I was so worried about being wrong that I felt like I couldn't order five appetizers to see which one I liked the best. So overall, it was a good experience. It was a good meal. It, on South Grand especially, there's really nothing else like it. Um, if you're looking for that nice upscale experience on South Grand, this is where you go. Um, but yeah, I just feel like there are small touches that they could do to really make this experience something unique. Well, I will say that... Um... 
I, this is not something that I always did, but when I go to a place now, I do the Yelp reviews before I go, and I get that kind of insight from two dozen different people and find people who talk about a meal in a way that I'm interested in. So uh, maybe you should just do your damn homework, Travis. We did. <laughs> and and that, that was the other thing that kind of jumped out to me is like, you know, I was looking for that signature dish. Hannah reads all the Yelp reviews before we go somewhere. And I was like, well, what do people rave about? And she's like, they, it was kind of all over the place. Yeah, they everything. say get the pasta. But, you know, that was really the only thing that jumped out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I would give a slightly different take. I don't know that I would describe it as upscale. It's fairly casual. And the prices, the things that are mains, and there's just four of those, those range from 25 to $30. But the pastas are in the teens, although there's a couple that are in the 20s. Um, so I don't know. I felt like the prices were pretty accessible. And if you share your the for-the-table items, that's sort of like your side vegetable or whatever. It just seems like it's a it's a moderately priced restaurant. It's not a super high-end restaurant. But we've all felt like it would have been nice to like maybe get a dinner roll. <laughs> there's no <laughs> bread served, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, there's all these for the table items that include, you know, meatballs, arancini, uh, different vegetables. Um, the only salad on the menu is a Caesar, which is designated as for the table. And we we're kind of curious, like, how do you do that for the table. But, you know, it would have been nice to maybe be able to get a small side salad with your pasta and to have um, a dinner roll with your appetizers, um, depending on, on what they are. You looking for the Olive Garden, all you can eat breadstick? Oh, um, not experience. exactly. We all are. <laughs> but yeah, in some, I guess you'd say that, that the dishes were, they were complex and flavorful and the portions were generous. We all had, you know, something left over to take with us at the end and um, so by looking at that I'd say it's a good value nobody left hungry and nobody was you know like oh I didn't get enough to eat mm-hmm. yeah they definitely had a few dishes that like they had one or two components that I was like well I want to try it because of that like you know the roasted beets coming with pistachio and it, also the uh, aglanati coming with pistachio <laughs> Agnolati. Uh, the Agnolati coming with, uh, you know, that uh, those crushed pistachios. It, it just felt like that was a really interesting callback to Cafe Natasha, like bringing mm. some of those like right. subtle flavors in. And so I do feel like there are things on this menu that it's like, it, it's like calling me back to try that because they just have those little pops of uniqueness to them. So I'd agree with that, that I'm definitely looking forward to the the next seasonal menu. And I know a couple of things I'm hoping stay on this one that I definitely want to try those carrots. I'd like to try the Caesar, you know, and then see what they do with the next phase of menu development. And definitely I'm going to try a gin drink next time, which I wasn't brave enough to do this time. One thing I forgot to mention is they have an Amaro cart, which is like a bitter liqueur that it's popular in Italy, but uh, that they walk around and like give you a little education about it and offer different things. But yeah, we saw Natasha doing that. Oh, really? With the table. Okay, yeah, we didn't see it, but but my drink did have some amaro in it. All right, thank you for listening. You know, if you have any questions, comments, or recommendations, we're on Instagram and Twitter, or you can go to our website and contact us through that or eat me in St. Louis podcast at gmail.com. And of course, wherever you go, be sure to patronize your local restaurants and show them some love. Thanks again for listening and tell Mitch I said hi. Bye.